This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Today's show is being brought to you by Crawford's Barbecue Products. Find out all they have to offer over at CrawfordsBBQ.com. Today's show came from May 31st in 2011. It is a pork butt roundtable. Let's get right to it. I'm going to let Greg introduce his guests from May 31st, 2011. As promised, we have a specialized panel to help introduce pork butt to the backyard in case you are interested in doing that. We're going to cover it from top to bottom, belly to belly, and wall to wall. So we'll enter and introduce our panel of esteemed colleagues. Joining me first is Larry Gain from the Barbecue Grail. Also on the panel tonight, Brad Maffitt. I'm sorry, it's Moffitt. Brad, what is it? Maffet. Maffet. Uh, hot for Teacher Barbecue. And then we have Mark Stitt from Velvet Smoke. So, guys, I appreciate you taking time tonight to come in and talk about all things that have to do with the world of pork butt for the backyard cooker. Uh, before we get into this whole thing, why don't we take just a brief moment? You guys can go ahead and tell us a, a brief tidbit about yourself, how you got into barbecue, and then we'll, we'll dive into this. Mark, we'll go ahead and start with you. Okay. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for uh, having me. Hello, everyone. That's Mark Stitt from Velvet Smoke Barbecue out of Columbus, Ohio, and uh, just been a competition team for a couple years now. Got started uh, in the backyard, just kind of playing around on a kettle grill and got a Smoky Mountain cooker, and the rest is history. Just really enjoy it and uh, do a little bit of fun, a little bit of catering, but uh, do about eight competitions a year. How about you, Brett? Uh, I got into barbecue years ago when I was exposed to my father-in-law, a future father-in-law at the time, cooking a whole hog. And I'd never seen anything like this, was just amazed at it. And from then, I got into smoking all sorts of meats and just fell in love with it. Last but not least, Larry. Hey, Greg. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Um, I'm uh, the author of the BarbecueGrail.com blog and, and truly a backyard barbecuer and and i'm really excited to be here and to to join these great competitors who uh, probably hopefully can teach me something too well that's what we're all here for and again it is a pork butt round table so before we get into preparatory stuff let's go around the panel see what everybody's cooking on when they're doing the bigger cuts and we'll go back to larry for that um primarily i've got uh for low and slow i've got a, a traeger and um but my primary go-to is uh, my Weber Smoky Mountains. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I also cook on a Weber Smoky Mountain. It's uh, it's good for the backyard, but it's very portable for competition. So I've been on that a couple years now. Brad? For the backyard, I'm in love with a new Braunfels Bandera smoker. Oh. If It'll do four to six butts, but if I want to do more than that, I've got a, a large one that my shop class at the school I teach at built for me. <laughs> How does that work out for you? It actually works out great. What happened is I had an old new Braunfels, took it into the shop class, and it was falling apart, threw it on the floor and said, okay, guys, make me something twice as wide with a firebox <laughs> twice as long, and they did it. Hey, there you go. That's why it's great to be the teacher and have students to work for you. That's right, man. There you go. All right. So as you're getting into the store, 
and I, I wouldn't typically ask this of, of backyard people, but and go ahead and answer however you want. But when you're looking to get your pork shoulders, and we'll get into specifics here in a second, but are you just going to the big box stores like a Sam's Club or a BJ's or a Costco, or do you look for a specialized purveyor, or are you just going to your local butcher? And we'll start with Larry. Well, I haven't really seen a lot of difference between some of the big box stores and, and my local butcher. So I, it's really what's on sale. Uh, give it to me in the cryo, and, and I'm ready to go. Brad? Yeah, exact same thing. I look for the cryo. Uh, I'll, I'll take anything, any place I can find, as long as it's over six pounds. And Mark? Yeah, I'm like the other guys, mostly mostly the same, but usually go to Restaurant Depot which uh, which I find has a little bit more variety, and I think it's fresher because, you know, they're dealing with restaurants. They can move it through pretty quickly. All right. Anybody using the whole shoulder? We're not just talking Boston butts, and we're not just talking picnics, but both together. Anybody using whole shoulders when you're doing it in the backyard? How about you, Mark? Usually usually just the, the shoulder and not the butt, or not the, not the picnic ham. It's, um, you know, mostly availability, but I've never really done a whole, a whole shoulder. What about you, Larry? Uh, just a butt. Uh, we don't really, out here in California, unless I really go out and look for it, I'm not going to find you know, the picnic or the, the whole shoulder. Something that you've ever had any desire to do at all, Larry? If you could find one, would you do it? If I could find well, I know I could find one, but really, I think I just want to uh, cure it and actually make, make it into a ham is uh-huh. what I'd want to do. <laughs> what about you, Brett? Uh, I've done shoulders once. Uh, I had a teacher butcher his own hog and brought it to me and asked me to cook it. I'm not a fan. I like the Boston butts a lot better. Did you find it a – what I hear – I've never done a picnic myself, but I hear they have a propensity to have a hammy taste. Would you say you found that to be the case, Brent? Yeah, I did. That's actually why I don't like them. There you go. If you're going to have ham, have ham, right? Yep. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, anybody using boneless Butts, typically, I guess I've heard you would find these at a Costco, or unless you're deboning yourself if you get a bone in uh, in your kitchen. Uh, but Larry, you ever messed around with boneless butts before? Nope i want I want the bone. One, I think it's going to give it better flavor, and two, it's it's my thermometer on when it's ready. What about you, Brent? Uh, same exact thing. I, I, I've looked at them. I have no interest. I like that bone in. Uh, you can wiggle that bone, find out how close it is to being done. The meat is sweeter to the bone. Everything goes along with the bone. Mark, round it up. Yeah, yeah. similar to the others. I, I've actually made the mistake of buying a boneless a couple times. And the problem with it is if you do it, you think you're going to get a little bit more yield. But it, the bone actually has some structural integrity to kind of hold it together. So, so you know, like Larry said, it's good to kind of know when it's done, but it also, even when, it, when it's not done, kind of holds it together. Uh, and I think, you know, we'll move to injection, I think, a little later, but I think it kind of holds the injection in the middle a little bit easier. All right, so when you're at the store, you're looking at the butts or at your butcher or wherever you're at, is there something in particular that you are looking for when you choose between them? Or are you just picking up whatever it is as long as it's uh, meeting your weight requirement? We'll go back to Brad. Uh. Well, starting, I look for a fat cap, but really the fat cap doesn't mean that much to me. I put my butt's fat down because that fat's going to stick to the grate. But when I look for the meat, I look for the marbling within the pork, not huge uh, sections of pork on top. That That's a turnoff for me. I look for nice marbling going down into the meat. What about you, Larry? 
that's pretty much it. You know, when I'm when I'm buying them in the cryo, and that's it's it's usually what I want to do is I'm looking for the you know you try to pick out where that seam is because a lot of people think that's just one big hunk of meat, and I want to make sure they're they're oh, similar. Oh, 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 hold on, Larry, hold on. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. Sorry about that. Go ahead. That's all right. I want to make sure they're similar sizes so that they're going to be hopefully done at about the same time. But I want the marbling. I want the bone. And I'm a fat cap up guy. So that's I want that too. Mark? Yeah, really not a whole lot to add on that one. I, I think the you know going to the butcher, it's so much more expensive than the big box stores. And like, like the guy said, there's not a lot of variety. So... You kind of take your chances and um, you know cook it, cook it fat side down. There's you know not a whole lot that can happen that's, that goes wrong, in my opinion. All right, so I guess it's dependent on the size of the family or the particular outing that you're having. But on average, if you're going to fire up the cookers and do a pork butt cook, how many are typically cooking? And we'll go back to Mark to start with. Yeah, usually you know usually in the backyard, just a couple because it has pretty good good yield. A couple butts will do. You know, 25 people or so. But, um, you know, for competitions, you know, we'll cook three to four, um, depending on the setting, just to get the right, um, you know, the, the money muscle and just the right cuts we want for it. What about you, Larry? Uh, normally two if I'm going to use this, uh, the Smoky Mountain, um, maybe four if I'm going to use the Traeger. It just really depends on what I'm paying for them at the time. And, you know, when I crank up the smoker, I want to get as much done as I can. Brad, how many are you cooking in the back? Usually two. That's usually because anytime I cook barbecue, I'm having a party. Don't cook it that often for the family. If so, I would cook one, but two, put them in Ziploc bags, send them home with the guests, make them feel good. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at john, J-O-N, at the bbqcentralshow.com. Hey, before we get into the next segment, let me take a minute to tell you about Crawford's Barbecue Pit Spritz. Pit Spritz is all natural and gluten-free. Pit Spritz keeps your meat super moist during the cooking process. The Peach Pit Spritz adds an amazing sweet peach taste to your barbecue. It's great on all meats and does exceptionally well with pork. All you need to do is screw the included trigger sprayer on the 16-ounce bottle and you are ready to go. Crawford's Pit Spritz also works great as a wrapping liquid to help you bring your barbecue home. Get all the details on Crawford's Pit Spritz. Head on over to CrawfordsBBQ.com. Be sure to use the coupon code GREG at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's GREG, G-R-E-G. All right, big question. A lot of people are doing it out there in the competition circuit, but I wonder if it's translating as well with the home chef. Anybody doing an injection or perhaps has anybody even actually brined a pork butt? Maybe this is a new fad that we could all start and spread to the competition circuit, brining butts. But anybody brining or injecting, and we'll go to Larry. Well, I have cured slices of butt you know, to give uh, you know, the buckboard bacon, but pretty much – when I inject, it's just whatever rub that I'm using infused into apple juice, and and that's my go-to injection with pork, but apple juice. Nothing that you use over the counter or that has made rounds in the competition scene. Uh, no, not for the backyard. Nope. What about you, Brian? I do both. I will brine my butts for eight hours, and then inject 
with a uh, injection that I stole from Chris Lilly with a little bit of amesfos thrown in. Uh, amesfos is this chemical that you put in with sausage to make it juicier, and that's part of my injection. What kind of are you just using a straight uh, like salt sugar water, Brian? No, uh, brown sugar, paprika, kosher salt, granulated garlic, and water. And it turns out uh, a much juicier product for you. Yes, or, it does. I mean, what's the the benefit? Is a juicier product? Juicier product adds a little flavor inside. You really don't taste the flavor as much. But I'm going for that juiciness. One of these days, I really do want to put a butt on a scale, then inject it and see how much more moisture comes in through the osmosis and diffusion action of the brining. Larry, did you say you ever brined or no? I never have until I just heard that one. <laughs> something that <laughs> something that uh, uh, is, is sparking your down. interest? <laughs> is that something that you would try out, Larry, or no? Uh, probably Saturday. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> right off the bat. Uh, how about you, Mark, yeah. to round it up? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of doing a variety of things. Uh, not really a brine so much as a... Of an, inje- of an injection with apple juice. Sometimes we use pomegranate juice, which is a little sweeter, kind of has a different characteristic, um, Worcestershire sauce and uh, salt. And what that does is it, it, it not only creates an injection, but those ingredients are similar to a brine because we wrap ours in like a heavy-duty saran wrap and try to rest it for four to six hours. So it's, it has like a brining effect without being submerged, but um, you know, really good results, very, very moist product at the end. All right, so after you get it all injected and washed off, brined, and whatever you're doing there uh, prior, anybody letting it set out from the refrigerator before rub application in order to get it up to, I don't want to say room temperature, but let it get out of refrigerator temperature uh, before going on to the cooker. Uh, Larry, go ahead and start that. My butts come out of the refrigerator. Well, typically I will inject because it's just apple juice the night before, again, wrapped in saran wrap. But they come out of the refrigerator when I, when I turn the pit on or, or light the coals in the, in the Smoky Mountain. And it usually gets to the temp. Then I rub it and put them right on. So it's, it's warmed up some, but it's you know not a lot. Brad, you let it sit out before you do any rubbing or anything like that? No, no, no. I've been listening to Meathead Goldwyn talk about his wife all the time, about how <laughs> safe she is with meat. And so I just pull it right out of that fridge, rub it down, and throw it on the grill. Mark? Yeah, very similar. No more than about 30 minutes, and that's mostly you know messing around getting the cooker set up. All right, so I'm kind of getting a feeling here that we're all probably going to be in the same neighborhood of answers when I ask this question. When you're rubbing uh, the butt prior to going on the cooker, then is it just the time for the, the cooker to get fired up, Larry? Uh, pretty much 30, 45 minutes at the most. Brad, same? Less than that, just as quick as I can. And Mark? Pretty much dead in the middle, you know, 25, 30 minutes. And I think that when it's a little colder, um, you know, there's some argument that it takes on smoke a little bit better, and you'll get a, the start of a good smoke ring when it's cooler. That, we kind of follow that and haven't really you know tried it any other way and it it always produces good results for us have any of you tried to put on a application of rub uh, 8 10 12 hours let it sit overnight in the refrigerator or anything like that larry um i did before i've done it but because the rubs i typically use have got some salt in them i didn't like the uh, the result. I mean, I end up with you know a pool of water, so I know the salt's sucking the moisture out, and it just seemed counterintuitive to me. Brad, ever done a, a long rub before? 
I've done it once, and I agree with, with with what he just said. But the one I did, I used Bad Byron's butt rub. Uh, did it for eight hours, wrapped in saran wrap, threw it on the smoker, and it was very spicy on the meat. A little too spicy for my taste, so I've never done it since. What about you, Mark? Any uh, ever done one of those extended uh, wait time rubs? Yeah, just a couple times. I didn't really notice a big difference, to be honest. Nothing that discernible, like extra heat or extra moisture, anything like that. Now, staying on the topic of rub, anybody using like a commercial brand? Uh, obviously, this is a roundtable, so we encourage freedom of wealth information to be shared. Uh, are you making something that's all your own? And we'll go to uh, Brad for that first. Uh, I always use my own. I've got a basic rub that's very simple, just four ingredients. But if you want, really want me to share the rub, I usually use has turbano sugar, paprika, kosher salt, uh, onion salt, garlic salt, black pepper, cayenne, and chili powder. This is what I like on my rub. It gives a little bit of heat going, just a little bit. Um, works well with the meat. Uh, works well with the pork. What about you, Larry? Well, one of the I guess one of the benefits of, of having the blog is people are always sending me rubs to try. And so I'm always using something different, but really my go-to rub uh, for my pork butt, if I'm not going to use, you know, one of the ones sent to me is either Simply Marvelous uh, rubs, the pecan or the apple, or the standby is going to be a Plowboy's Yardbird rub. What about you, Mark? Yeah, we, we make our own, uh, you know, all the time. It's a pretty traditional rub, you know, but no, nothing really unusual with it. But our our uh, one advantage, we think, at least on the competition side, we go through uh, Penzies. It's Penzies.com. And it's a spice shop, uh, but it's uh, there's a uh, brick-and-mortar location in Columbus. And it's just really top-quality stuff. You can buy it in different bags, different sizes. And it's just, you know, very fresh, you know, within like the last 30 days or so. So pretty potent stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Is the rub that you use different than what you would be normally putting on your ribs or any other type of pork product that you're going to be rubbing, uh, Brad, a different rub? Yeah, I actually have four different rubs, one for wow. each one of the meats that I uh, use in KCBS. What about you, Larry? Unlike the competitors, uh, it's typically the same rub. Uh, the family likes it. The friends like it, and that's what I use. Yeah. If I was if I was competing, it'd probably be just like these guys. <laughs> what about you, Mark? Yeah, same for ribs, same for shoulder. All right. Anything else uh, before we wrap up this portion of the cook that would be preparatory-wise that you're doing prior to getting the butts ready to hit the smoke? And we'll start with Larry. Um, I guess the only other thing, the big discussion um, is, is the – Slather before rub, and um, I'm of the I'm of the school of thought. You know, mustard or whatever isn't necessary. I'd really be interested in the and the other two's take on on slathering before the rub. Have you ever? I'm going to jump in right there, Larry, and ask you: Have you ever done a Worcestershire bath before applying the rub? Uh, no, I haven't. I've done soy sauce, but and and actually the one that that I really have tried believe it or not is 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 fish sauce fish sauce mm. fish sauce hmm. 
I've never tried fish sauce. I'm not. I don't particularly like fish in general, so I tend to shy away from anything well, that has fish in the title. It. it doesn't <laughs> taste anything like fish. <laughs> but uh, I've done the Worcestershire sauce a number of times. It seems to add a. I mean, not a huge amount of flavor, but I like the way that it adheres the rub to be kind of like a a, a pasty uh, cement type deal. Uh, Brad, do you use an adherent as well? I do. I use olive oil on my butts, on my ribs, and my chicken, but I use Worcestershire mixed with bouillon cubes on my brisket. What about you, uh, Mark? Yeah, yeah. On the uh, on the pork, we've used Plotchman's yellow mustard. Pretty simple stuff. I just like how it adheres and you know starts the formation of a good bark. But isn't it? I'm going to ask you guys: Is mustard too thick? I mean, I, I've tried it one time, and it created clumps of rub in certain areas of my meat. Or was I just putting it on too thick? Anybody had uh, clumpy mustard issues? Well, not so much the clumpy mustard, but I think it's about how heavy that you're, you may be applying the rub. That you know, if you if you give a light coating of mustard, you may even want to paint it on with a brush instead of your hands. It could be a little easier. But as okay. you rub it in. You want to, you know, take away any of those pockets of heavy rub to make sure it's pretty even. Um, I'll go back to Greg's other question. We we uh, wrap our our butts in a heavy saran wrap and rest them for, you know, three or four hours before we put them on the smoker. That that is like a first level of rub. You take them off and then apply more rub. So any like adherence issues or things kind of sliding off, we always you know reapply. Does that help? Okay. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Larry, anything to add to that? No, I'm my, you know, my biggest thing, you know, my understanding of the whole slather is the is the bark and as a backyarder the only judge I need to please is my is my wife and she's not a big bark fan, so I guess I'm off the hook on the mustard. <laughs> and that's going to do it for this edition of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. But if you hit the link in the show notes and go directly to the May 31st, 2011 show, there is a whole nother segment of information about serving pork butt and a wrap-up of the group. I, go check it out. It's, it's worth it. Don't forget, for a limited time, 10% off your entire order from Crawford's Barbecue Products. Check out their all-natural and gluten-free pit spritz. Use the coupon code GREG at checkout, that's G-R-E-G, while you're cruising around the internet. Do me a favor, subscribe to the Barbecue Central Show via podcast. Never miss an episode of this show or that show again. Thanks so much. Until next time, I'm your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.